0: So we'd like to thank and extend our gratitude to Ustad Abu Khadija Hafidha Allah Ta'ala for giving us this insight in this tremendous lecture surrounding the topic of extremism and also terrorism. As for now inshallah Ta'ala we shall open up the floor to questions from any of our attendees. Anybody wishes to ask a question to you, inshallah Ta'ala you may feel free to wish, to wish to do so. And likewise you also have the option of submitting your questions to the Masjid email info at masjidabihuraira.com inshallah ta'ala
1: as for the sources of extremism then i've already mentioned them al deen that they go beyond bounds in the religion that the religion has boundaries and limits beyond which no person go beyond that it is not allowed why because the sharia comes with its boundaries and its rules and its regulations. No one else, no one is allowed to go outside of that. And nor is anyone allowed to fall short in regard to that. You fulfill the obligations, you keep away from that which is haram, you preserve life, you preserve wealth, you preserve honor, you preserve lineage, and you live your life in the best possible way, taking the Messenger of Allah as your example. Once you go beyond that, and that you believe that you are a person who Needs to do more than that And exaggerate in the religion Then the Prophet ﷺ already said uh, uh, The Prophet ﷺ said be, be, Beware Or Iyaka Or Beware of exaggerating Or going to extremes in your religion Because indeed Those who came before you were destroyed Because They went to extremes in their religion So exaggeration In any affair of the religion Is not permitted What is the their reasoning behind it. Then it is all political. It is to seek the reins of power. So they will declare takfir upon the Muslims. So the signs of the khawarij. Is that they, that they wish to seize authority. It's rulership that they want. But the smokescreen that they use. And the excuse that they use. Is Sharia law. We want to establish Sharia law. but it is not Sharia law that they are establishing. Otherwise the Prophet ﷺ would not have commanded us to fight against them. So they're not establishing Sharia law. What they are doing in reality is spreading corruption. They declare Muslims who disagree with them to be unbelievers. And they declare the rulers to be unbelievers. They hold it permissible to rebel against sinful rulers and tyrannical rulers. Whereas the Sharia forbids that. The Quran and the Sunnah forbid rebellion against the Muslim ruler. The hadith of the Prophet ﷺ are clear in that regard. And I've mentioned them too often to be repeated here again today. Furthermore, how do you know their signs? you look at their figureheads and who they raise and their companionship the Khawarij in these times that their ideologues are the likes of Sayyid Qutb the Egyptian member of the Muslim Brotherhood or Ikhwan al-Muslimin who was executed I think in 1965 and likewise al-Mawdoodi from India These are all, these are both individuals who propagated this ideology of the Khawarij. And you'll find the Shia doing the same in the writings of Al Khomeini. And in fact, the Khawarij and the Shia are two sides of the same coin. They are both after leadership, after authority and rebellion and revolution. And they will raise the sword against the Muslim rulers. So this is why sometimes, this term that is sometimes coined as the Islamic revolution this is a misnomer in Islam There's no such thing as an Islamic revolution There's no such thing in Islam This term doesn't exist In the nomenclature or the language of the Muslims There's no such term as is, you know, Islamic revolution This is something that came from the Shia and the Khawarij So therefore When you see people Raising the likes of Hassan al-Banna And reading his works And being affected by them And likewise Sayyid Qutb and likewise, Al Mawdudi and other than them, then know that this person has been affected by the ideologies of the Khawarij. If they are affected or they are promoting the likes of Anwar al Awlaki or Osama bin Laden or Ayman al Zawahiri or any of the other figureheads of our times of the Khawarij, then beware of them. If you see a person praising ISIS or Al Qaeda or FIS, which used to be in Algeria or the GIA or Islamic Jihad then know that this person has been affected this person has been affected by the ideology and the doctrines of the Khawarij you find that the Khawarij or the one who has been affected by them that he will constantly focus his discussions around the political situation in the Muslim lands that's all he wants to talk about Advocating uprisings and revolution in Muslim lands this is the speech of the khawarij he may not recognize himself to be a khariji but this is the path that he has taken when you notice this right at the very beginning we can do something about it there's intervention that we can make and say whoa stop don't speak about revolution don't speak about uprising against the Muslim rulers because that opposes the sunnah how does he oppose the sunnah here's the hadith in Muslim here's the hadith in Bukhari here's the hadith in Abu Dawood. here's the hadith in Muslim of Ahmed here's the statements of the Salaf here's the statements of Ali here's the statements of Hassan here's the statements of Hassan al-Basri here's the statements of al-Barbahari here's the statements of Imam Ahmed satisfied? khalas no speaking against the Muslim rulers be patient make dua for them that Allah guides them and say alhamdulillah that Allah did not make you a ruler because you don't know you could have been even worse than him and you are just a product of your rulership anyway <laughs> Meaning that Or well, the rulers are a product of the society that is around them They didn't come from a different planet They are a product of society You only have what you deserve So righteous rule over the righteous And tyrants rule over tyrants When they came to Ali عنه, When the fitna began in the time of Ali And some of the people said to Ali, ya Ali. And of course he was the caliph at the time They said how come in your time Whilst you are the ruler There's all this tribulation and calamity And there was no such problems In the time of Abu Bakr and Umar He said listen to me In the time of Abu Bakr and Umar They were ruling over people like me That's why there was no problem In my time I have to rule over people like you That's why there's a problem You have what you deserve So if the rulers are tyrannical it's because the population deserve them. That's why Allah, Allah's Messenger, said Bakr when you participate or when you partake in interest based transactions and you hold on to the tails of cattle and you become satisfied with cultivation and you abandon jihad and we mentioned jihad in the lecture. And you abandon jihad in the path of Allah. Sallatallahu then Allah's humility, humiliation will come upon you. And Allah will not remove His humiliation up until you return back to your deen. <speaking in Hebrew> up until you return back to your religion. So, how do we remove the humiliation upon the Muslims? By stabbing people on London Bridge? Really? By kidnapping people and beheading them? Really? That's how you stop the humiliation upon the Muslims? So, what happened to the hadith? <speaking in Hebrew> that Allah will not remove the humiliation until you return back to your religion so returning back to your religion is stabbing people and beheading people and kidnapping people and blowing people up imagine what the, what, the kuf, what the kafir is thinking that this man is such a coward he claims to be a Muslim what a coward he picks up a knife and kills a woman and an unarmed woman at that what would you think would you say that this is a brave man? Not really. Would you say that that is the action of a brave person? A courageous person? What, you buy a kitchen knife and you stab someone who is unarmed? And a woman? And then you say, MashaAllah, brave man. Brave? Show me a man who is more cowardly than that. Men are supposed to protect women, protect societies, protect children. This is what this is the role that we're supposed to adopt. So when you see people vehemently criticizing the Muslim rulers, ignorantly declaring them to be apostates and kuffar, and that this ruler does not follow the Sharia law, and that ruler doesn't follow the, sh- know that this person is on the path of the Khawarij. Anyone who de- anyone who opposes his extremist view, he'll say, ah, you're an apostate. That's why the Khawarij declare the Salafis; they declare us to be unbelievers they glorify acts of violence at any time they see someone being killed someone being stabbed someone some suicide bomb that has gone off somewhere wherever it is in the world you find them rejoicing these are the five signs of a Khariji if you see them either give him da'wah or give him up one or the other give him da'wah so he repents de-radicalize this man or this woman because that is a problem when a person is mentioning these points that I've mentioned just now. So beware barakallahu fiqam and protect your children from that. And Alhamdulillah himself is generally our children are well versed against uh, you know against the radicals and the extremists. Barakallahu faykum.
0: Question <coughs> question from the emails. Assalamu alaikum. How do we the, how do we clarify the doubts of the layman? who thinks that Saudi Arabia promotes extremism or terrorism. This is how it is portrayed in the media. Even some Muslims have this misconception.
1: Sharan and aqlan, both by way of the Sharia and by way of the internet, it doesn't make any sense. Saudi Arabia is one of the foremost victims of terrorism. Bombs have gone off in Dahran, in Dammam, in Riyadh, across the kingdom since 2000 or 2001, up until now. And it hasn't stopped. Saudi Arabia has a de-radicalisation deradicalization program that is possibly the best in the world. Why? Because it's rooted in the textual evidences. The Khariji can't stand up against the Saudi scholars and Saudi scholarship because it is, this, because it is the knowledge of Qur'an and hadith so it has the best deradicalization program Saudi itself has suffered from terrorism and it has convicted its you know those found guilty and they are languishing behind bars so how can a country that promotes terrorism it's almost like switching on a self-destructive destruction button would it is it not that you that if a nation that suffers from terrorism promotes terrorism then how will this nation survive? Because if you speak to any ideologue of terrorism in our times, whether it was Usam bin Laden before he was killed, he declared Saudi Arabia to be an apostate state. Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, Saudi Arabia apostate state. Ayman al-Zawahiri, Saudi Arabia apostate state. Hizb al regard Saudi Arabia, they regard Mecca to be Darul al-Kufr. Makkah is Dar kufr and Medina is Dar kufr in the eyes of Hizb al-Tahreed al-Muhajirun so all of these groups ISIS the same when ISIS got control of a village in, in uh, Iraq or Syria I can't remember which they said next step is Riyadh and we're going to take the scholars of Saudi Arabia and we're going to hang them on the streets of Riyadh so Saudi supports that does it? how is it possible? Saudi, protected its borders from the infiltration of ISIS into its country and it, pre- and it prevented its citizens from ever leaving the country to join ISIS. That was the policy of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was fighting two battles. When ISIS were active, Saudi Arabia fighting two battles. On the, southern, on the southern border, against the Shia. The Houthis, funded by Iran. And on the northern and eastern borders, they were fighting against ISIS, who were trying to infiltrate the borders of Saudi Arabia. Two battles at the same time. That's why I said the Khawarij and the Shia are two sides of the same coin. So this argument that Saudi Arabia fund terrorism or they're behind terrorism and so on, all of that is a fallacy. I've mentioned to you at least two scholars: Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz, the former Mufti of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and possibly the most well-known and the most renowned Salafi scholar of the age. In 1987, 9/11, 2001, 1987, he was asked about Jamatul Jihad. They said to him, "O oh, sheikh, we seek from you a fatwa. Should we, as Muslims, cooperate with Jamatul Jihad? Jamatul Jihad was a terrorist group." He said, "I do not allow cooperation." with Jamaatul jihad because they are a group of extremists and people of takfir he said rather i hold that you should not even give them salam don't even give them the salutation of salam for indeed they are the brothers of devils what year did i say 1987 saudi arabia promotes terrorism 87 87, when certain Western nations were training Osama bin Laden and training some of these individuals who later became the heads of terrorist organizations out of Afghanistan. In that age, Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz and Sheikh Al Albani and others from the great Salafi scholars were warning against Jamaat al Jihad. When they asked Sheikh Al Albani in the late 80s about the Intifada. Intifada in Palestine. What did Sheikh Al-Albani say? He said, don't do it. Don't throw stones at tanks. Because they're going to kill you. And they're going to annihilate the Palestinian people. He said, don't fight. They said, what should we do? He said, in a time of weakness, you don't fight. You have sabr. And you make hijrah. What did they do to Sheikh Al-Albani? They laughed at him. Literally. In their articles and writings, they were mocking him and laughing at him. Sheikh Al-Albani. So sheikh al-bani said from 1948 or 47 you have done it your way the methodology of revolution the methodology of communism the methodology of marxist marxism and leninism in revolution and revolt he said where has it got you Four four decades have gone by at that stage or five decades have gone by and you've achieved nothing by the so-called intifada and uprising and bombings and suicide bombings. They are Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin. That what the Palestinians do when they put on the suicide belt and they walk onto a, a, a bus or they go into a crowd of Jews and they blow themselves up. Oh, Sheikh, is this something that the Sharia allows? He said, this is haram in his of Riyadh Salihin. He said, this is haram, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin. When was this? This was in the mid-90s, early 90s maybe. He said, this is haram. He said, number one, by killing himself, he has disobeyed the Messenger of Allah وسلم, because the Prophet forbade a person killing himself. Number two, that when he, he kills himself, he may kill one or two of them and they will come back and kill dozens of Muslims in retaliation. He said, what have you achieved? No maslaha anyway. You did haram. You killed yourself, haram. You killed others who were not even responsible for anything because they're civilians. And then on top of that, you're responsible for the, for the revenge that they carry out against the Muslims by killing Muslims. Look at how many, look at the, what he has built upon that one action of killing himself. This is the Salafi scholars. Salafi scholars of Saudi Arabia, many of them, Sheikh Bin Badr, Sheikh bin Usaymin, Lajnatu Da'ima, the fatah of Lajnatu Da'ima are oft-repeated. Are, 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 and reiterated by the Legna, which is the Permanent Committee of Major Scholars of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia funded and supported by the Saudi regime fatwa after fatwa about the forbidden of hijacking forbidden of beheading, forbidden of suicide bombing, forbidden of killing forbidden of of, of carrying out attacks in the West forbidden of terrorist cells so this is just a fallacy invented by people who hate the kingdom of Saudi Arabia they hate it because this is the most stable Muslim country in the world and they wish to destabilize the Muslim countries and therefore they, they, they reach the aim if they are khawarij they reach the aim that Sayyid Qutb sought and Sayyid Qutb said that all of the Muslim countries there is no Muslim country all of them are in a state of jahiliyyah the ummah is ummah ghaibah the ummah is an absent ummah they are all living in a state of jahiliyyah he made takfir upon the ummah. He said the Mu'addin who calls the adhan from the minaret is an unbeliever. The imam who leads the prayer in the masjid is, is an unbeliever. After his death, his followers they stopped praying Juma. They left Cairo and they hid out in caves near the Nile. These are the followers of Sayyid Qutb. Then a group of them they were exiled in Saudi Arabia. From them the brother of Sayyid Qutb, Muhammad Qutb, and then they started again in Saudi Arabia indoctrinating the youth of Saudi from the 1970s onwards. And there, in Saudi Arabia, sprouted some homegrown radicals. Salman al-Oda, Safar al-Hawali, and other than them. What did the Saudis do? Put them in prison. This is a government that supports terrorism. They put them in prison. You say, ah, oh, but they only did that after 9-11. No, actually, they put them in prison in 1995 and 96. Safra al hawali and Salman al were imprisoned in 96 upon the fatwa of Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz and Lajnatu Daima. And now Salman al awda is imprisoned today in Saudi Arabia. This is a nation that promotes terrorism. This is just propaganda to lower the, 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 the status of Saudi Arabia in the eyes of the people because it is the most Islamic Muslim country. And it is a country that flourishes upon its Islam. It has universities in almost every major city. This is Saudi Arabia. Is it perfect? No. If you want perfection, you were born in the wrong age. If there's a good question, actually, if there's, a, if, there's a, if there's a if there's a caller who calls to his version of Islam, let's say, and he used to be a radical, calling to the ways of the Khawarij, but then he left that. Uh, and he no longer calls to that, and he doesn't accept that anymore, then is it sufficient that he has just done that himself, without making his retraction public? No, his retraction must be public. If the sin was open, and the innovation and deviation was open, then the retraction must be open. This is a principle, in the principles from the principles of our methodology. And this is something that has been mentioned by al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, and the scholars of our times. That if a person openly misguided, then he must openly recant, so he may reach those ones the the, the ones that he may have misguided so they know that he has recanted and maybe they may follow suit and recant from their position also thereafter he should not be calling to Islam he needs to take a back seat learn his religion sit in the Duru's, learn the Aqeed of Ahl Sunnah sit for a few years to be honest in circles of knowledge solidify his methodology so that he never returns back to the ways of old and then, if it is found that his knowledge has reached the level where he can call to Allah, then in years to come he can do it. But not, yesterday he was a Kharijai and today he's Ahl Sunnah. No, it's not possible that this person now should be let loose upon the Ummah again because he may switch again in a couple of days. And this may be uh, just a deception that he's playing. So if he is sincere, then as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا wa وَبَيَّنُوا that those, except for those who repent and rectify and make clear. So he must repent, he must rectify his mistake and he must make bayan of that.
0: So upon that note then, we'd like to take this opportunity once again to thank our brother, our sister, Abu khadija Allah Ta'ala for his time and effort this evening here at Masjid Abi Harayra and thank you all for your attendance. As you make your way out to the exits of the centre. Then there are literature points up stationed outside in which you may help yourselves to free literature and books to take away with you. So please feel free to take these as you make your way out. And likewise for more information with regards to Islam in general or any questions that you may have, then feel free to visit us here at this masjid, masjid Abu Huraira, and inshallah ta'ala, the brothers and the sisters here be Taala. We'll be able to assist you where possible. And then finally, likewise, should you have any questions or queries that you prefer to send via email, then again, you may do so by emailing us at info at masjidabihuraira.com khairan.